0: us again. It's Joker men. We do this all the time, really. It feels like we do this all the time. We We
1: haven't done one in a little this is maybe the longest break we've taken in well, I guess we took a longer break during the Christmas holiday because that was an actual break, but we haven't recorded in longer than usual because we had a, a Patreon episode to throw in as well.
0: Right. If if you're not with the program yet, you gotta get with the program. To the people who are loyal and who are um, able to pitch in $5 a month, uh, there's been no gap. It's it's like an endless stream, a beautiful, endless faucet of Jokerman content.
1: Exactly. As it should be.
0: Unending, unceasing. It's fitting that there's sort of a, a pause, because... We're uh, in the midst of uh, a sort of relaxed, more um, subdued version of Bob Dylan on this second of two consecutive folk acoustic records. That's true. And that's what we're talking about today is the second of a series of two. From 1992 to 1993, Bob Dylan was uh, not doing that... Classic Bob Dylan sound, actually that classic BDS. Yep. Nor the Thin Wild Mercury sound. He wasn't doing that. That other flavor of Bob Dylan sound that we know and love, he, and he wasn't doing uh the the third flavor of Bob Dylan sound that we know and love, the the uh the shot of love sound,
1: the, <laughs> the fame, the the world renowned. Shot of love sound.
0: He wasn't doing that either. Um, what? So what was he doing? He was doing, he's going back to his roots, going back even further than his roots, actually. If you've been listening to the Patreon, you know that we've talked about uh, bootleg series volumes one and two. And uh, especially in volume one, you get a lot of folk bob, a lot of early, early folk bob uh, sort of plumbing the classics. um creating his own version of himself, you could say, out of the uh, primordial stew of classic folk Americana music. And uh, here he is on World Gone Wrong, kind of even going back even in the land before time, you could say, Uh, the land before Bob, doing traditional music with a capital T.
1: Absolutely. The roots of his roots.
0: Yeah, I'm this is Evan, by the way, and I'm joined always by Ian. And we're on we're Jokerman Podcast. Jokerman. That's right. And um today we're talking about World Gone Wrong. We sure are.
1: So if you if you were all thrilled by the previous two episodes or the previous two free episodes of excavation of traditional folk songs. Where we just threw little factoids at you here yeah. and there, and made our way from the beginning to the end. Get get right, strap yourselves in because we're about to do that again.
0: Yes, one of our more <laughs> thrilling sequences of episodes. Good, I do think this good one is going be to be a little you.
1: more. This one will be a little more fun, a, a, a little more fun for me at least because I I think World Gone Wrong is a is a is a. Well, I don't want to give it away, but I, I will say I think "World Gone Wrong" is a, a market improvement, or or certainly a more interesting listen to me than "It's than Deeper." I think it goes a little
0: a little deeper than "Good as I've Been to You." I gave right. "Good I, as I've Been to You" two out of three stars, uh, the patented Jokerman three star system.
1: Yes, I've been receiving a lot of heat already for my for my singular single one star rating on uh, on "Good as I've Been to You." Yeah, I um, I
0: actually promised Walter Martin. Uh, who was a guest on the show, Walter Martin, uh, formerly of The Walkman, that I would give you in the business because yes. you gave it one out of three stars. How could you do such a thing? Yeah. It has so many great uh, spirited renditions of classic folk songs. What, it does. What, what are you thinking? What were you I thinking? Mean,
1: I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to always remain consistent and steady in my application. Yeah, that's of your the problem. Star system.
0: That's That's your first mistake.
1: I guess it it might be, and but you know that's sort of the 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 beauty of Jokerman is the yin and yang approach to things like the three star system what what you get from me, you don't get from you, what you get from you, you don't get from you know it's it's it, the world is in balance
0: here. it It occurs to me that you could say that about uh literally anything <laughs> that that's what makes anything beautiful is that sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad sometimes that's it's true. right, sometimes it's wrong
1: that that is also true, you know um. Uh, but I'm I'm trying to remain, like I said, consistent in my application of the three star system, and uh, and knowing that we had world gone wrong coming up, you know, um, I I wanted to I needed to sort of set the table for myself, and uh, and I mean if I gave if I gave good as I've been to you two stars. Then, uh, and I gave, well, I don't want to get into the three-star Well, let's already. not even get into we'll, it, but we'll, su- we'll suffice it to say
0: that it would be a huge disservice to everyone listening if we did really what is probably the right thing to do uh, and gave every single Bob Dylan album, uh, within reason, two stars out of three. Like, this show wouldn't be very interesting if we just gave right. everything that, Probably deserves two stars. Two stars. You gotta kind of. Two
1: stars is the easiest rating to give.
0: It has to go uh, really down to the wire of like percentage points and then like just gut feeling. And that's what's gonna tip it over the edge to one, to, you know, one or to, God forbid, zero, which has occurred rarely. The only time it's gotten to zero really was uh, when I gave real live a zero um but anyway i i i think i've made my point we are treated on this record with uh the first liner notes original liner notes by bob dylan himself in like what like 10 years or something
1: i think even longer than that to be honest um but yeah certainly some period
0: of time and um boy i really think they add a lot so we'll, we'll be re- we'll be referring to those and, of course, to BobDillon.com. Um, and uh, unless you have anything else to say, Ian, I, I think we can uh, jump into it. Anything else to add before we hear that sweet harmonica to cue us?
1: Oh, am I doing the harmonica live on the mic again?
0: Yeah, I would like you to do that so that I don't have to edit it in... Sure (laughs) Now that we've established the harmonica The genuine real harmonica As as a As a character
1: Right, the the official third mic of Jokerman
0: Yeah, the harmonica
1: Sorry, Sam, you've been replaced by the harmonica.
0: Keep it up, Ian. With the one-star rankings, you'll be replaced by the harmonica.
1: (laughs) Then it'll just be you, and you can finally turn this into the Van Morrison podcast. You've been waiting all along. Don't
0: threaten me with a good time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, shall we? Please. Thank you. So the first track on side A of World Gone Wrong is uh, World Gone Wrong. It's the title track. Sure is. <laughs> boy, oh boy, do I like this song. I really like this. This is so good to me. Why Why do you like it so much, Evan? Well, it, it just speaks to me. I can't be good no more, like I, much like I've been before. I can't be good, baby, honey, because the world's gone wrong. The world
1: has gone wrong. What more do you that... need to
0: say? Like what? That... This is a song that says something so concisely that, you know, so many songs have tried to say. Uh this one just says it in the exact amount of words you would need. You don't have to make up any sort of metaphor. There's no there's no um gimmicky wordplay. It's just I can't be I can't be do I can't be good because the world has gone wrong. I'm sorry. It's, uh, you know, you don't need any more words than that, really. Um, of course, this is not an excuse for abusive behavior. Uh, sure. I, I want to make that very clear. It's more just like a uh, an emotional uh, plea. It's saying, you know, it's like, I'm tired. I can't. And, and look around, you know, take a look at the world around you.
1: Yes. Yeah. Jokerman does not condone toxic masculinity under any circumstances.
0: This song reminds me of that Destroyer lyric from the most recent Destroyer record. Uh, just look at the world around you. Actually, no, don't look. Yeah, no, don't look, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's
1: it, it do be like that is the thing. This yeah. song, I think, sets a template for what's uh, what's about to follow on this record, and it's part of why I, I think I like this this record a little bit better than good as I've been to you is it's a, it's a, it's a darker, it's a, it's a bleaker kind of picture of reality and, and humankind and more cohesive, I think in general, uh, good as I've been to you. There's, you know, there, there certainly are some darker, lonelier, sadder songs, but it's, you know, it's balanced by plenty of other songs that are a little more uplifting, uh, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that certainly. But, um, you know, I, I, I always like it. Sort of a cohesive feel or or um, goal for a record, and so I, I think that that right off the bat, that's what Bob is getting at here on World Gone Wrong with World Gone Wrong. The world has indeed gone wrong.
0: Yeah, well, there's a, there's also just sort of an endearing frankness, which is kind of what I was trying to get at a minute ago. Right to this song, it's it's not like a a sad sack like "Woe Is Me" type of song. It's like a laying it out, like yeah, I can't, uh, I can't say it. It any is what More plain. It's this. A, obviously, all of these songs are covers, but um, this is one of two covers of uh, songs by the Mississippi Sheiks. Um yes. and I've listened to both versions of the song, like the Mississippi Sheiks versions of uh, it's this song and Blood in My Eyes, and uh, I really think Bob Dylan. Just so we're clear which bob we're talking about um <laughs> he uh really does something amazing with with these songs because those original versions they're good i mean there's no there's no way that they're they're not bad at all they're solid and good, but this is such a um special version of the song. it feels so uh heavy with with meaning and he feels so connected to the music it's kind of really bittersweet. It's not just like, like I said, it's not just despairing. I just think it's a great start to the record and uh, one of the strongest on the record. So a great way to begin. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I think the word that for me, or, you know, the key, the key word for me for this song and for a lot of the songs on this record is investment like you can hear in his performance in his vocals and in his uh his guitar playing um and his harmonica playing where that occurs here and there a level of investment that was just lacking for for years and years really um uh, certainly throughout the mid uh, to late 80s into the early 90s with Under the Red Sky um and and I think that's the reason that he ended up going forward with this kind of thing obviously as I've been to you, kind of struck something in his brain and sent him off in this direction the same way that Shadows in the Night did more recently and sent him in the direction of Fallen Angels and Triplicate. Um you know, you, you just kind of hear hear it in the way he's singing these songs and the way he's playing them, that he's he's finding himself in this music more so than he did uh in something like um, you know, uh Woogie Boogie, uh, for instance.
0: So like I know that this was the last of a record contract. I believe this and and Good as I've been to you were both the final records of a contract written up in 1988. So to in some extent to some extent they're like contract fulfillment records which a cynical eye would be like, "Oh, that's why they're just, you know, hashed out in a matter of days in his garage in Malibu." I just think that um whether it was intentional or not, um like maybe Good As I've Been To You is kind of like a way to just knock out a record real quick. But it seems like just by bringing it down to the barest of essentials, he's able to see clearly again what he needs to do. I guess the thing that brings that to mind is like when we watched even Hearts of Fire, like the great standout moment of that movie in the like worst part of Dylan's career is just him on an acoustic guitar. It seems like so natural to him, like that's how he can connect.
1: And I was thinking it was the fridge full of eggs. but oh. that that was a good moment too. I see what you mean. I mean, I, I I do think that, like, I I think to that that point, like, the reason that records before this were so co- sort of gussied up and, um, you know, uh, and blown out and overproduced and stuff uh, is because I, I think I. My interpretation of it, at least, is is that that was making up for a lack of investment on his part. And that, you know, unwillingness or inability to kind of really focus on his own personal connection with the songs and the music is what led him to, you know, throw on all of these weird, you know, electronic horns and, you know, gated toms and backup singers and all that shit. And so his willingness now, because obviously we know he has no problem reinterpreting uh, covers and, uh, other stuff, you know, as he, as he sees fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so these, he, he could have covered folk songs with, you know, the, the under the red sky sound for instance. Um, but, but something about these, this particular set of music, this suite of songs led him to feel comfortable just kind of stripping it all back, like, like completely going back to the, back to the beginning and, and, um, you know, kind of, uh, finding himself there again. So, um you know it, it it's sort of a fool's errand to try to read bob's mind because well, obviously yeah. as much as we even know uh from him uh, being willing to talk about it uh 90% of that is just bullshit and misdirection in the first place
0: it's not even that it's misdirection it's it's fool's errand is the right word i mean it's like an ouroboros it's an endless uh tangle of of causes and and factors that that make up any part of his career or really anyone's career that goes this long. Um, but yeah, I think Bob Dylan is probably just as clueless as anybody when it comes to explaining why certain decisions were made. I Um, think that's a good point. And, um, so we can only kind of guess and make vague, uh, conjecture about like why things happened the way they did regardless it seems like what we have here on this record is um uh, Dylan seems to really care about these songs and you you can see that in the liner notes i mean the liner notes being um written by bob dylan and being so uh specific and like personal and weird and inscrutable it's a it it's great to me to see i mean it makes me really feel like he was kind of rediscovering something and putting an effort to try to, um, communicate like what he believes is deeper, uh, about these songs, what he, why he even chose to perform them. It doesn't feel lazy. It feels like there's a purpose to these songs being chosen. That is a, a personal thing for him. Yeah. And, and artistic, yeah. uh, an an artistic, uh, choice being made. yeah some
1: of the the lines from the world gone wrong line or note i don't know if we want to quote all of these extensively but there's just a couple that are like evil charlatans masquerading in pullover vests and tuxedos talking gobbledygook monstr- monstrous pompous superficial pageantry parading down lonely streets on limited access highways it's just the one that Strange says something things, about indeed.
0: a double parked limousine
1: um on world gone wrong
0: i don't know one of the liner notes says something about a double parked limousine i feel like a lot of the a lot of the liner notes seem to be really seething with an anger at like the elite uh like the the ruling class or like moneyed interests sinister the globalist, globalist elite. Globalists. yeah he seems to be like really pissed off like he's channeling some kind of I mean it makes total sense I guess in the sort of weird logic of what we what we've spoken about before of Dylan like going back into these sort of more uh heady moralistic poses <laughs> like if the you know Dylan isn't going back to Christianity here but he is going back it seems to a kind of like staunch folk uh moral ethic
1: yeah. It's like his own like his Christianity almost. Or yeah, like his earlier like version his of Woody, Christianity.
0: His Woody Guthrie Christianity. I mean his real religion. Right. Yeah. Being a, a fan of Woody Guthrie.
1: Um well yeah. World Gone Wrong. Good song. Good way to start the record.
0: Yes. Um Love,
1: Henry. Love, Henry.
0: This is, uh, I guess, what you call uh, a murder ballad.
1: Yes. One of several on the record, actually.
0: Yeah. And again, even this one, in the liner notes, Dylan somehow twists it. He he makes it sound like this song is about some kind of uh, pompous uh, middle management uh, elitist getting his what for. I don't know if you've read the uh, the liner notes for this
1: song. Henry, modern corporate man off some foreign boat, unable to handle his, quote, psychosis, responsible for organizing the intelligentsia, disarming the people, an infantile sensualist, white teeth, wide smile, lots of money, kowtow to fairy queen exploiters and corrupt religious establishments, career minded, limousine double parks. There it is. There you go imposing his will and dishonest garbage in popular magazines. He lays his head on a pillow of doubt and falls asleep. He should have known better. He must have had a hearing problem.
0: <laughs> like, I don't know where that really comes from in the song. He's but, so good. But, it, I He's mean, so it is so good. Um, it, it's thrilling to read that because it takes this song where uh, on first listen, you might just think, uh, you know, like, this is just like... uh sort of boring morbid folk ballad and and Bob Dylan seems to think it's much more than that and much more timely and much more uh angry there's there's a lot more going on at least to Bob in this song than meets the eye evidently
1: right yeah, i mean it's it's clear that these simple parables that he's singing and and this is i think you know similar to world gone wrong he's he's sort of alternating back and forth between american blues standards and then sort of traditional english and scottish folk songs uh obviously world gone wrong title track was a was one of the former a a blue standard this is the first of the you know few kind of british or english whatever folk standards um it's clear in these songs, it, simple parables, stories, morals, he's he's finding something more, something deeper, something significant speaking to the moment, which is it, there's something almost kind of quaint, I think, about him being this disillusioned. You know, if we're going to read his interpretation of these songs as an expression of his disillusionment, which I, I subscribe to at least to some degree. Um, something quaint about him being this disillusioned in 1993, literally yeah. like the, the start of the golden Clinton years. Um, but um
0: well we now yeah, know I mean, how golden the clinton years were uh well
1: for for many but for bob and for people like him you know uh, entertainment industry sickos, it was a it was a great time yeah Everything well was maybe, head, maybe headed it, in the right direction
0: i mean bob dylan did play at clinton's inauguration i think. did he i think he did oh jesus um anyway this song is about <laughs> bill clinton <laughs> or about jeffrey epstein actually yeah, something along those lines. Um, but, I mean, just to touch on the music, uh, I think it's a really... Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's well played. Um, the song really relishes in the death of the, the character at the hands of... Um, I forget her name. The woman at the center of the story. Uh, I don't know if she has a, she not name have a name,
1: necessarily. It's his lover, uh, yeah, in, who, in any case.
0: This, this lover who I... Th- I get. I read it that she she re- realizes he's cheating on her, and then she kills him, throws right. him down a well because there some girl in, in Pottersville or Portersville or whatever is going Cornersville. Cornersville, Pottersville is from It's Wonderful Life. Um, that she's going to mourn his uh, lack of, and he won't return because he's been stabbed and thrown down a well. Yes. Uh, so this is a song about it's, it's a girl boss anthem.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a story about what happens when you don't do couples therapy with your partner, uh, and you don't communicate about your issues. About, about that that uh, you
0: want to have an open relationship. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That you don't, you you don't disclose your poly cool to your partner. You need to be
1: straightforward and upfront about your, uh, desire to do poly. And if you are, then everything works out great. But if not, then you get uh, stabbed and thrown in a well. Where the water and, runs
0: cold and deep. Right, exactly. And the flesh rots off your bones. And the flesh runs off your bones. Uh, there's a very
1: dark kind of atmosphere on this record. I, I really dig it. It's, uh, it's, called, uh, it's, it's so, called
0: World Gone Wrong, buddy. World Gone Wrong. The world has gone wrong is the thing, you know? Yeah. The next song, Ragged and Dirty. Um, yes. I, I think we're just going to have to keep coming back to these liner notes because, um, boy, oh, boy, there's some interesting stuff. This one in particular, I find it pretty interesting.
1: What do we have on Ragged and Dirty?
0: Well, um, to me, it's the most amazing thing about the liner notes for this song is just how much sense it makes. <laughs> it just seems to be so clear. um. One of the Willie Browns did this. You know, one of the Willie Browns. One of the Willie Browns. So we don't need to, you know, I don't need to tell you about them. Schmaltz and pickled herring, stuffed cabbage, heavy moral vocabulary. They're Jewish, apparently. Um, Yeah, that seems to be what he's getting at. Sweetness and sentiment, house rocking, superior beauty, not just standing there. The seductive magic of the thumbs up salute. Carefully thought out overtones and stepping sideways the idols of human worship playing paying through the nose lords of the illogical in smoking jackets sufferers from a weak education pieces of a jigsaw puzzle taking stupid chances being mistreated only just so far so it's true that's true (laughs) and i don't know what else there is to say about this song because it kind of is all laid out there um this one kind of is a more rockin type song i guess uh ish
1: rock, yeah i mean this ish. is we're, we're switching gears back once again to you know american blues standards from the uh english traditional ballads and stuff
0: it's a blues um
1: yeah, it's pretty straightforward. You know, uh, Lord, I'm broke. I'm hungry, ragged, and dirty, too. Broken, hungry, ragged, and dirty, too. If I clean up, sweet mama, can I stay all night with you? You know, we're not not reinventing the wheel here, but there's there's a reason these kind of lines
0: have been with us, uh, you know, throughout the decades. Yeah, and, and Bob just has some kind of, like, real intense, real specific personal associations, sense memories attached to this song and its vibe. I think that the best way to understand that um little bit we get in the liner notes is just uh it's some it's some it's a vibescape that he's giving you you know he's not yep. he's not uh trying to be literal he's just talking about this personal vibe he has where he associates it with those various images and feelings And stuffed cabbage. Yeah, he's
1: not trying to make literal sense. He's trying to make psychic sense. And apparently this song has some sort of connotation to Eastern European Jews for him.
0: Yeah, country folk type of energy and um, whatever else he was on about. (laughs) Next, we have a little number called Blood in My Eyes. Um, This is also by the uh, Mississippi Sheiks. Sure is, uh, and it's one of my other favorites on the record. I think it's, especially compared to that original version by them, it's it's better to me, and it's it's beautiful.
2: I, yeah, it's
1: a little more somber, a little more serious.
0: It's a sexy, somber, serious song that's very pretty. I love the central image kind of gross way to say that you think somebody's hot. <laughs> um, I, I just think it's great. Um, the sort of like coy, sexy number. Hey, hey, babe, I got blood in my eyes for you.
1: Yeah. Sort of a torch. Well, I mean, I guess as close to a torch ballad as you get on a record like this. um, you know, once again, pretty pretty simple, pretty straightforward there, right on right on the surface. Uh it is the I guess the closest thing to a single on the record. Uh this was the song that uh that had a music video recorded for it. Did you get a chance to <laughs> I did not. take a look at the music video? No,
0: Eddie? no. I didn't. Well.
1: You are missing out. It's basically just it's uh, exactly where the cover uh, is pulled oh, from yes. the record.
0: Yes, which I guess we'll talk about in the next episode.
1: On uh, on Side B, yes. Uh, but uh, in, a notable instance on, uh, on this song, uh, or excuse me, on the music video for this song, uh, features the only known uh, footage, uh, at least the only known footage, only known by me, uh, of Bob uh, juggling uh, and regaling a crowd of uh, followers.
0: I didn't know that he could juggle.
1: Apparently he can, well, uh, he doesn't actually seem to be doing a very good job of it. It's Mm. only about two seconds, so who knows if he can actually juggle, but it is video footage of Bob uh, juggling in black and white, uh, strolling about London town with a group of, you know, young 20-somethings kind of following in his wake for whatever fucking reason. So so this this song is
0: called uh, Blood in My Eyes, and he says, Blood in My Eyes for You. But he could have called this I'm I've instead of I've got blood in my eyes, he could said I'm juggling for you.
1: Yeah, sure. Or blood uh but in my hands
0: because they're juggling.
1: Uh that that could also be a good one a good, I I'm looking for some way to to some sort of like live uh uh album, uh bootleg album titled oh. it's something <laughs> like Blood. On the tracks and in my eyes for you, <laughs> yeah, live yeah, exactly. In um, Edmonton <laughs> 1994,
0: yeah, eyes on my on the tracks, blood in blood on the eyes and on the tracks, yeah,
1: eyes on the blood on the tracks. That's
0: that sounds more like a proper it, live right album, there. yeah. Uh, I was looking at some of the Bob Dylan live. Uh, you know, fan made live album releases from the 1990s, and was just blown away. I think I posted a bunch of them on the Jokerman Instagram. Uh, my favorite, uh, not my favorite title overall, but one of my favorite covers was from Bob Dylan playing uh, in Japan in the mid to late 90s, and uh, it it just is called Sensei. Has Sensei, <laughs> in like the most. Um, ham hammy ham fisted like Japanese samurai type font Uh, yes it's it looks like the cover of like a kung fu movie that you'd see at at, like a a little hole in the wall like in Chinatown like next to a pair of socks
1: (laughs) yeah there's some truly just kind of all time, all world kind of titles and covers uh, taken together.
0: Uh, licensed to sing, yes, license was to, one of licensed to sing. Favorites. It was it was really a standout for sure. Um, I mean, it's really the covers combined with the the just insane visuals. Uh, the, the the cartoon drawings of
1: him with <laughs> yeah, the, there's, like, there's all these comically large Jewish-looking you no know? like, What is going it's on? It's just
0: terrible caricature art, but it doesn't even look like him. <laughs> it looks like David Duchovny in a funhouse mirror. And that one's guided by the eternal light, like a very serious title. It's just this ridiculous, awful, airbrushed uh, caricature of him. Uh, my favorite title, though, of all of them that I saw from the '90s, definitely is "Absolutely Sweet California." <laughs> <laughs> like "Absolutely Sweet Marie." Do you know, like that song? Yes,
1: I, I'm familiar. Absolutely, Absolutely Sweet, sweet Marie. California. <laughs> Absolutely Sweet California.
0: Yeah, that's uh. that's
1: good stuff. Bob Dylan. Tomorrow, I'm just looking back at all the ones you sent me. Bob Dylan. Tomorrow nights. Tomorrow. Plural.
0: Yeah. Tomorrow nights. Like the yep, song. Yep, tomorrow night absolutely from Sweet California. From Good as I've Been to You.
1: Um. We've got uh, uh. Lucky not Bob Dylan. Lucky not to be destroyed.
0: Yeah. Lucky not to be destroyed. It's just a, t- a lyric, obviously from uh. uh Tangled up in blue.
1: Yes. Uh. I, Matt, I gotta say. Actually, how about this the,
0: one, Master of Zurich. 99. (laughs) Yeah, like Masters of War. You know? It's
1: so good. (laughs) My
0: favorite, another favorite is just one that says, is this what you want? (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, King
0: of Consent.
1: The Empire Strikes Back is is a really good one. Yeah, see, I
0: was a little baffled because... I didn't really take the time to analyze it, but I assume, I hope to God that somewhere on that set he was playing something from Empire uh He must have been. burlesque. Um, otherwise, I'd be just shocked why they would pick that. Um, there's one called Getting Harder and Harder to See a New Sunrise. <laughs> God, de- depressing. And I, I guess we can round out this segment here with just um, three... There's there's breakfast in Yokohama. Yes, lunch. The, the Japanese triptych. Lunch in Tokyo, and I forget where the third one was, but it was dinner, and then somewhere else in Japan. Dinner somewhere. Yeah.
2: Stuck oh, inside of is- New
0: York. How about it's- that one? <laughs> Get it like stuck inside of Mo- inside of Mobile.
1: Uh, I think you're being uh, Memphis. Uh, stuck inside of Memphis with.
0: No, stuck inside of Mobile with the Memphis no, Yeah,
1: you're right. Stuck inside of Mobile with the
0: Memphis Blues again. You're right. Yeah, stuck inside of New York.
1: With the absolutely sweet California blues again. That's
0: right. <laughs> Dylan gets to the point, Dublin 95. <laughs>
1: answer me is pretty good yeah so, yeah especially because the, the, the <laughs> cover art appears to be like like a homeless man dressed up like bob
0: dylan in front of a well, microphone. You, it's really funny looking at is this what you want and then answer me <laughs> <laughs> you think bob dylan is doing really good he's he's asking for consent and then answer me it's like well calm down uh I thought you were expecting well, the woman.
1: I, I really would love to to meet one of um, uh, uh, one of these guys who is who is putting these together. Oh, here's another one: uh, sharp-eyed senor of oh, yeah. the lowlands. Yeah, yeah,
0: sharp-eyed senor of the lowlands. <laughs> I'm not, who I don't are think we're we're not going to top that. I'm sorry, uh, not tonight.
1: God. We got to get, we got to get one of these guys on the pod one day.
0: I mean, I was looking at this website. It was, I found these on bobsboots.com, the Bob Dylan bootleg museum. And like almost every link I, I clicked on there, like links to other sites. These are our other favorite Bob Dylan bootleg websites. They, they all didn't work. None of those links work. So I feel yeah, like none this of was these probably websites last... have been
1: updated since, since 2002.
0: Yeah, probably not. Um. I don't have great faith that the people who, that the man responsible, I'm assuming it's a man. Uh, Maybe not. It's definitely a man. Whoever did Absolutely Sweet California, I don't know that he's uh, still with us. I get this feeling like he might have passed on.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. But I'm I'm glad that we are the... We are really the inheritors of this legacy. Twenty years ago, if we had been born twenty years before we had been, we would have been these guys posting. Well,
0: Tony, you say that. I mean, if it weren't for uh, the novel coronavirus, you know, I mean, God willing, when this all blows over, we're we're gonna go see Bob live, and we are going to put out our own officially licensed Joker Men. Uh, live uh, Dylan bootleg album and we're gonna have a name it'll be like rough and rowdy Santa Barbara ways Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. you go or murder most live and my my personal favorite uh philosopher pirate in New York (laughs) (laughs) someday
1: I hope god willing we will get there
0: yeah I
1: bet I bet he'll be playing a show within like within twelve months from now. I bet he'll he'll he will have played at least one show.
0: He better. It, otherwise the world will have gone truly gone wrong.
1: The world will the world Yes. As wrong as it has gone, it will have gone even wronger.
0: Well, back to uh the record at hand here. Um We have the next song, it's called Broke Down Engine.
1: Broke down engine. The end of the
0: first sign. Oh, it's breezing by. Sure is. Not a particularly long record. Ten songs. Another another feather in its hat, I think. Yeah, it doesn't over to... overstay its welcome.
1: Exactly. Yeah, compared to Good As I've been to you, which is I think 13 songs, right? 13, 14 something like that. <laughs> that's... And still a relatively short record for, you know, the the length of or the number of songs. The, the songs themselves are not particularly long right. minutes-wise. But this one, you know, a nice tight 10 songs. That's I love a 10 song record. Um one of the best uh, I love uh... a 9 song record even more to be honest. I think 9 songs, that's the that's the ideal number of songs for a record as far as I'm concerned.
0: It's a good number. What what's a what's a nine song record you love?
1: Um, uh, nine songs by Dub Thompson.
0: Right. Well, there's eight songs on there. That's the joke. Um, okay. Uh, got no, uh, engine, whatever it's called. Broke down engine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, he says, I got no drive and wheel, right? He's, it's not just that the engine's broken, so there's no wheel,
1: even. Yeah, it seems to be a car that's really in, in need of some repairs. Uh, it's, it's in quite a, fixer, quite a state fixer of, of disrepair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Feel like a broke-down engine ain't got no driving wheel. Feel like a broke-down engine ain't got no driving wheel. You've all been down and lonesome. You know just how a poor man feels.
0: This is kind of like 90 miles an hour down a dead-end street. Yeah, something like that. It's the sequel to that song.
1: <laughs> I will note uh, this is the first of two on the on the record. Uh, Blind Willie McTell songs uh, has made famous in Blind Willie. This McTel. song,
0: Blind Willie McTell. Yeah, I mean, doesn't uh, Bob say something about him in the liner notes? Can I get, get pull uh, that I think
1: up? He, yeah, I think he does uh, because it uh, is in fact a Blind Willie. Yeah. Broke Down Engine is a blind Willie McTell masterpiece. It's about trains. Uh, (laughs) Who'd have thunk it? I thought Here I was thinking all along it was about cars. Uh, It's about trains, mystery on the rails. I like it a lot more now that I know it's about trains. Mm -hmm. The train of love. The train that carried my girl from town. The southern Pacific, Baltimore, and Ohio, whatever. It's about variations of human longing. (laughs) I thought you were just going to
0: say again, it's about trains.
1: (laughs) The Low Hum in Meter and Syllables. It's about dupes of commerce and politics. Here we are again, as you noted. uh, Colliding on (laughs) tracks, not being pushed around by ordinary standards. It's about revival, getting a new lease on life, not just posing there. Paint chipped and flaked, mattress bare, (laughs) single bulbs swinging above the bed. It's about ambiguity, capital A, ambiguity. Ambiguity. The fortunes of the privileged elite flood control, okay. watching the red dawn, not bothering to dress.
0: Are you saying this is about the political world?
1: It, it does sound like this is about a world uh, that not only has gone wrong, but is in fact political.
0: Well, those are one in the same, you know, it doesn't, the world doesn't go wrong. Political world
1: gone wrong. Bob Dylan live in Omaha, Nebraska, 1991.
0: Political world. There was one called Bob Dylan's political world. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I have to ask, do you think it's really about those things? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, well, that's sort of the beauty of this. uh, This whole record is like these songs are so, um, universal. Uh, they're they're simple and yet very elusive, and I believe Bob Dylan when he says that about these songs, when he, like, seems so sure in these liner notes, like, yeah, this is about, like, uh, politics, this is about, like, being a desperate person trying to, like, uh, renew yourself through spirituality, this is about... Um, making the most of what you have and living in like a toxic environment. It's about uh, trying out an open relationship and um, figuring out how to read Mandarin Chinese. Like I believe him when he says all these things, because it seems like he can see something about these songs that um, I just feel like maybe I can't see. Like I, I take his word for it.
1: Right, and that's sort yeah, of
0: something I, that ke- keeps me coming back to the music on this record. It's like, I, especially n- reading these liner notes, I'm like, maybe, they're, maybe they're, this is about all that stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, whether whether or not I actually believe that. Each of these songs is about what he says they are about in the liner notes. I believe that he believes that each yeah. of the songs is about what he's writing in the liner notes. And it comes which through Which I think is the most important thing.
0: It comes through in the performance. And um even if it doesn't, it's just it's uh it's there right right in black and white on those liner notes. It sure is. Uh, which you can look up on BobDylan.com if you somehow sh- if you somehow don't own the album uh in physical form
1: of course which we all okay. we all do and we all should world gone wrong the biggest smash vinyl record of
0: 1993 it, it was 70th in the charts i think
1: <laughs> something like that didn't uh didn't peak very high although i think it did still get a good critical reception just like um uh good as i've been to you did
0: yeah well <laughs> Is, is does that do it? Yeah, that does it for this episode. There we go.
1: We're almost uh we're almost through these folks and then uh uh I think we've got some special treats lined up uh for the uh the next couple records uh, after this, but you know, we're we're just moving along the tracks here.
0: Yeah. We got blood on our track on our eyes in on the tracks. Yes. <laughs> Um gone wrong. Uh that that thing about trains kind of reminded me of the Johnny Cash song I've Got a Thing About Trains. <laughs> uh great Johnny Cash song, which uh which is about loving trains.
1: Loving trains. Not the only song that he's sung about trains, and also <laughs> not the last time you'll hear about uh Johnny Cash, I think. Uh at least uh you stay tuned for the next episode.
0: Yeah, stay tuned, of course. Um, until next time, Joker Man.
2: Train, train, train. I've got a thing about trains. I get a sad kind of feeling. When I see a passenger train In this fast-moving world that we live in Nobody rides so much these days Maybe I'm a little sentimental Cause I know that things have to change but I'd still like to go for a train ride, cause I've got a thing about trains. Train, train, train. You're fading from the scene, but you've had your days of glory. Train. They say you're too slow for traveling But I'm gonna miss you someday When my little boy says, Daddy What was it like to ride a train? I'll just say it was a good way to travel When things didn't move Quite the past. And I'm sorry son that you can't ride one The trains are a thing of the past Train, train, train You're fading from the scene And I'm Train, train, train I've got a thing about trains